0: Welcome to the fourth installation of ScareScape. I'm Anne. I'm Casey. And we're getting geared up to share some folklore, true crime, paranormal, and nature with you this morning. We usually record at night. This is the first time we've recorded during the day, but it should still be spooky.
1: And we both sound incredibly tired right now. (laughs) That's because we are.
0: Today for folklore, we're going to be talking about one of my very favorites. Have you heard of the Poe? No, it sounds like a Pokemon. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you the story of the Poe, the famous tail associated with this creature. Tail. Yeah, those are puns. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a little bit of background and history on the legend itself. So there's this older hunter who lives alone in the woods with his dog. A hermit. Basically a hermit. Okay and he hunts for sustenance he needs to hunt to eat and there's this one evening where he's all out of food and he's an older guy like he needs to eat he's hungry so he and his dog go out they go out searching for rabbits is one way that the story is told. So they're in the woods and he sees a few rabbits off in the distance and he shoots at them and he doesn't hit any of the rabbits but he hears this unnatural unique shriek that he's never heard before. I hit something. The dog is noticeably disturbed. They stay out there for a while and they don't really find or kill anything. It's dark, it's nighttime. He just didn't plan his meal ahead of time and now he's just going to be hungry for the night. So they They go back to the cabin. The dog is freaked out and they're sitting in the kitchen just wishing that they had something to eat. The dog. You should eat the dog. No. They're only hungry for like the night. They can go out and hunt again in the morning. (laughs) But after the second day they eat the dog. No. Because as luck would have it, they're sitting in their kitchen just wishing that they had something to eat. They're about to head into the bedroom for the night. But the hunter is looking out the window. And he sees on the windowsill the tail of this animal. And so there's obviously like something sitting outside of his house. Is it
1: like a furry tail or a scaly tail?
0: It's like a skinny furry tail.
1: <coughs> so like a rat?
0: I would I would say so, but it's on a dog-sized creature. Okay. So he cuts off the tail, and he hears the same shriek as before, and he feels the animal scurry off, but he has the tail.
1: Damn, he's just hurting that animal all over the place.
0: Well, it's better than killing it. He just needed something to eat. A tail? So does have much on it. It's a big, thick tail, and so he boils it. Ew, what is this, England? Well, we're going to get into that, the background. <laughs> um, that's the fun part to me. So he's finally has something to eat. He gives the little bones to the dog, and he's going to feed the dog a better meal in the morning. But now he's nourished and now he's good to rejuvenate, you know, get a good night's sleep and then go out and find some real food the next day. The man goes to bed. He's awakened by his dog whimpering. The dog is scratching at the door. He's Mm. like, You want to go out? So he lets the dog out and. Dog gonna die. The dog does not return which is bizarre because it's one of those i have a dog like this where it's incredibly loyal to you there's a definite relationship there and with my dog luna we'll just let her out and she'll come right back and it's bizarre if she doesn't but she always does we can even if nobody's out we can walk around with her without a leash on and she's fine Um, i
1: can confirm
0: the animal was not indeed a cat so so the dog doesn't come back and the hunter's getting worried he is a hunter he has a shotgun by his bed because he's living in the woods by himself so it makes sense for him to have one there and he gets up with the shotgun and he looks outside and he doesn't see anything he calls the dog a bunch he doesn't just you know accept that his dog hasn't come back he obviously tries to get him to come back into the house but ultimately the dog is gone So he goes back to bed, and then his bedroom is adjacent to the porch, and he hears running back and forth from one end of the porch to the other. That's spooky. Yeah and he looks and in the crack between the curtains and the window he can see a shadow moving from one end to the other and he's obviously very afraid right now so so all of his doors are locked he has the gun on him and he goes back to bed just hoping that it's some kind of an animal that will leave him alone by morning you know he knows logically that he's protected he has a weapon on him and there's no way it can get inside well, he wakes up again, and these long, dark, fur-covered fingers are coming mm. up from under the crack beneath the door and scratching it. What the fuck? And he hears a voice that says, I want my tailypo. What the fuck? So the hand mm. comes all the way under the crack in the door. I guess it flattens itself, kind of. the And reaches up and unlocks the door. What the fuck? And a creature lets itself in. And it's a dark, dog-sized animal that has pointy ears. And its eyes are red. And it crawls into the room and gets at the edge of the bed. And it starts scratching the foot of the bed. And it repeats, I want my tailypo. And the hunter is so afraid he can't even reach for his gun. It's just out of arm's reach and he's mm. afraid to get up and get it. And the monster crawls onto his bed. Oh. And as it reaches him, instead of saying, I want my taily the animal says, I've got my taily po mm. <laughs> And that is the taily poe. Wait, so does the man die? Does he like get the, the his tail back from his stomach or something? Probably not. I can't imagine it was in one piece, but this creature obviously exacted its revenge for losing its tail to the hunter. So I'm going to read from Wikipedia the variations on the story. It is a folklore tale and obviously variations occur because it travels largely by word of mouth. But before I get into all that, I do want to explain why this is so interesting to me. It's from the Appalachian Mountains and mm-hmm. we have some of those right here in South Carolina. So it's a huge mountain range that extends farther up into the north and encompasses a lot of different states. But we have our share of the Appalachian Mountains down here. And so this could very well be a story that is told locally. From the hillbillies. I'm not going to read directly from the wiki, but this is what it cites. It says that the theme of the guy searching for food with his dog always stays the same and the creature coming to exact revenge. Like, that is the basic plot. But him defending himself ranges from a shotgun to an axe. So uh, the weapons vary. Sometimes the dog just gets lost. Instead of dying. Sometimes it is killed by the Taillipo. The version that I know just kind of left it vague and it's assumed that the Taillipo kills the dog. And others it just runs away in fright. So why is he called the Taillipo if he calls his tail
1: the Taillipo?
0: I don't really know. It might just be a metonymy. Like an extension of himself he uses to define the whole. I don't really have any other explanations but that's what I'm assuming. So sometimes he's in a forest and sometimes he's in a swamp. The ranges of yeah. the Appalachians. Well because, the. That the Appalachian Mountains extend through have really varied and interesting ecosystems throughout. So, here in South Carolina, we have beaches, we have swamps, we have mountains, we have lakes and rivers. It's more of a regional thing than exclusively a mountain thing. And I think by Appalachia, it really just means the area that it encompasses. But I'm assuming that the most popular version is in the forest because that's what the mountains are. Usually, it's set in late autumn, it's altered based on who is hearing the story. so like if you're telling the story to a kid, you're not gonna, you know, talk about the man shooting and Oh, I am. You don't know yeah. how I'm gonna parent my children for <laughs> <laughs> um- them for life. I think the creepiest detail that I did not know about was that the tailipo comes through a hole in the floor of the cabin instead of encountering the man in the woods. So that's how the Po is introduced. It comes up through the floor. What? That's just in some stories. According to Wikipedia, the first time it was recorded, it was by folklorist Leonard Roberts, and that was in 1955. So, so that's this is not a recent. Yeah, it's not too long ago, and the storyteller was Jane Muncie. But I'm sure it had been passed down orally for far longer than that. The talipo can speak like a man, obviously, but people aren't sure if it's a demon or a ghost or what. A lot of people say it's just a very powerful animal of the woods. That's
1: probably what I would assume. Yeah. I don't think it's very demonic or anything.
0: It's a creature that has the capacity for vengeance. And that is the tailipo. Kind of creepy. <laughs> There's a lot of good videos about it on YouTube. And several people have actually animated the story. And I kind of love it. I'm going to put a link in the description of this podcast to my favorite animation of this story. We're not affiliated with the artist in any way. But the person who animated the story, I think, really impacted Impacted the way that I see this story, mm-hmm. and it's really one of the reasons why I love this tale so much. But again, we're not affiliated with this artist. We just really appreciate the work that he's done. Mm-hmm. We just watched his video together, and I think it's really effective in providing visuals for this tale that's mostly word of mouth. So if you want to go ahead and check that out, the animator is Matt Rogers on YouTube. So if you want to go ahead and give his video a watch and, you know, just support independent animation. That's it. That's the tale, Poe. That's all I got. Do you have any thoughts yeah. or
1: comments? I do not want to run into the Taillipo. I want to go hiking in the Appalachian, but I don't
0: want to run into the Taillipo. Well, as long as you don't shoot it, I think you're fine. Is it time for some true crime?
1: I think it is. Wow. So, I've talked to Ann about this this crime before just because of its jazz involvement Mm -hmm. and do you do you know what this is i'll give you i'll give you a hint okay he uses an axe and it takes place in new
0: orleans yes and it's a man oh could this be the axe man of new orleans you're right Anne. wow i'm so intuitive and intelligent i know she
1: is but we're gonna start off may 22nd 1918 new orleans I can't wait. Joseph and Catherine Maggio were just sitting in their house. They're just chilling, you know? But the next day, people come across them, and they have done been
0: chopped. Alton Brown killed them. What a great (laughs) sequence. They're sitting in their house. And then later, they're dead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Joseph and Catherine Maggio
1: were, like, killed in their home with an axe. They know that because the axe was still in the house. And Catherine was pretty much decapitated. That's just wild. So they're like, what the fuck?
0: Can I make a disclaimer real fast? Yes. Okay, so if you watch American Horror Story, Coven has a small plot arc that deals with this murderer. And they actually portray him as a love interest for one of the witches. It's bizarre. He's like this immortal entity, which is, I guess you'll get to that later.
1: Yeah, um, sort of. Yeah, there's it.
0: tons of weirdness and speculation about this guy. But I didn't realize that he was an actual figure from history he and sure a legitimate murderer. I just thought he was a character that they came up with. So if you're like me and the only exposure you've had to this guy is through that show, just know that he was an actual man who committed atrocities and that he's an incredibly inappropriate love interest because he yeah. did killed people. <laughs> And he was very much real, and this is that guy. But there are no witches involved in this, unfortunately. There's
1: a lot of victims that keep going, you know? After the after Joseph and Catherine Mario, there's 12 more victims until the fall of 1919. All of these people were Italian. They were either grocers or bakers. The axe was always left behind, and the axe man always took a panel out of the back door to get inside.
0: Ooh that is such a strict series of similarities he has a type it's definitely the same dude yeah and this dude
1: also in serial killer style talked to the press it was the first serial killer to send letters to the press
0: oh i didn't know that Mm -hmm. that's a
1: big deal that's historic he sent tons of letters to the new orleans times the last word of the new orleans times is like Picayune? Picayune? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. P-I-C-A-Y-U-N-E.
0: (laughs) Picayune. Pecan.
1: (laughs) pecan
0: (laughs) new orleans times pecan but
1: here's here's a little excerpt of what he sent hell march 13th 1919 esteemed mortal they have never caught me and they never will they have never seen me for i'm invisible even as the ether that surrounds your earth i am not a human being but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell i am what you orleanians and your foolish people call the Axeman. Ooh. So he says he's a demon. Yeah. <laughs> he even sends it from hell.
0: From hell? <laughs> yeah. The address says hell. <laughs> I love it that the U.S. Postal Service has... I know, they're really branching out, guys. Yeah, they can they can go anywhere.
1: Nor rain, nor snow, <laughs> nor sleep, no hell. U.S. Postal Service will get it. Oh, yeah. So he sends a lot of letters like this. They're all like, yo, I'm a demon. Y'all can't catch me. I'm a murderer. But I think the last of his letters it had a very specific request for the people of new orleans this request was that on 12 15 on tuesday night the Axeman will be in town the people had to have a jazz band in full swing at this time or else they would get murdered by the Axeman. so that, that was basically all he said yeah <laughs> the funny thing is no one got killed that night. everyone had a jazz band in full swing and joseph de villa wrote a specific jazz song
0: for this night called The Mysterious Axeman's Jazz, which we will play at the end of the episode in our oh. jazz segment.
1: Now, no one was killed that night, but four more people were killed in 1919. Damn. Yeah.
0: The last dude was Mike Pepitone. how you're going to say Mike Pence.
1: <laughs> I don't think he's that old. <laughs> it was Mike Pepitone. He's a grocer. Thing is, his wife was not killed, but she saw the Axeman.
0: Oh, that's creepy.
1: Yeah. And she said it was a dude named Joseph Mumfrey. Mm? Mm-hmm. So journalists took this information and not until recently has there been sort of a breakthrough, more of a theory. People thought Joseph Mumphrey was another name for someone named Joseph Manfrey who was very similar, but Recently, there's been a journal released for, like, the history of the Mafia, and they mention the Axeman killing so much in there that people think the Mafia has something to do with this. Oh. Yeah, so, because they were all Italians that were killed, so they think it's the first semblance of the Italian Mafia. hmm
0: Well, I have a question. Mm-hmm. I'd always heard that this was, like, a really tight-knit community. So suspicions were really high and they really didn't know who it could be. Can you speak to that or do you? No I mean it must be like. Cool (laughs) I'll interject (laughs) then. I feel like the best analogy that I can think of would be you're in a classroom setting and you you're you're familiar with all of your peers Mm -hmm. and one of them has done something horribly wrong but you don't know who it is and that's kind of what these people were going through
1: well i know that the suspect joseph Manfrey was not i don't think he was living in new orleans i think he was mm-hmm. traveling so yeah
0: yeah i don't I've think they would have too. known him but yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah. also Manfrey was exacting revenge on oh. the victims so he had to have known the victims but i don't think he was known within the community of new orleans
0: yeah. people were really suspicious of one another and anybody knew who came to town mm-hmm. could be the axe man
1: Journalists also discovered something else, which is sort of funny. Michael Newton, he's a journalist. He wrote that the earliest victims of the axe man either didn't exist or hadn't been killed at all. What? Yeah, like I don't, (laughs) I don't know how you fake a killing. That's what? What? So the earliest documented killings didn't even happen. So damn, that's weird. Those were in 1911 in New Orleans, so just like seven years earlier. (laughs) yeah they took place in the same manner too so they had to have been related to the axe man but i guess he t- just took a seven month break not mm-hmm. seven months seven year break yeah to cover up that they were all fake the axe man is most likely joseph Manfrey, an italian mafia dude who was exacting revenge on the italian grocers and bakers of new orleans and i forgot to mention he always left the axe in a very visible place he would like cut someone's head off and then he just like leave the axe standing up in the bathtub or something like that like he wouldn't try to cover up what he killed him with he just like there it is you He's know got money
0: I'm- for a new axe yeah. every time it's the mafia man this is kind of a brutal show today mm-hmm. especially with the ghost story i've got coming up Ooh, I'm excited. This is a largely contested and debated story. Have you heard of Carl Pruitt? I feel like I've heard that name before. Okay. So this is a story that took place in 1938. This man named Carl Pruitt returns home, and he finds his wife in bed with another man. Ooh. The man runs away as soon as Carl gets there. Smart. Carl is so angry and in such, like, a white-hot rage that he strangles his wife to death with a chain it's yeah it's horrifying realizing what he's done he kills himself with a pistol
1: Oh, okay.
0: So the wife's family is like you're not going to be buried next to her. And so they're put in different cemeteries for a good reason. And he was buried far far away. And this is the story of how he killed from beyond the grave. What? Ooh. Have you heard of the Devil's Tramping Ground? Well, I sure have. Yes, because we've discussed going there. It's mm. basically a patch of land in North Carolina where nothing grows. They've tested the acidity of the soil and it's fine they can't figure out why the grass there is all brown because the devil yeah nothing grows there people report they'll like go to sleep and they'll wake up miles away from where they camped out they'll hear whispering at night and some even say that they were lulled to sleep by a gentle but deep and dark voice and so, so we want to go there <laughs> yeah so we want to go see if it's real we will podcast from the devil's tramping <laughs> ground possible. We'll bring we'll bring this big ass Mac yeah, we'll bring with us. All this stuff that's literally <laughs> equipment attached to the floor. <laughs> yeah, to the middle of a field in yes. North Carolina with no electricity. Carl's grave was kind of like this field. The grass was discolored and it grew in irregular shapes just all around his grave. Now, there are a lot of explanations for that, especially since it's such a small area. And it could just have to do with a grave being there. But things began to get weirder. Eventually, the circles that were growing in the grass, kind of like a weird pattern of decay, Mm -hmm. they started to look like the shape of a chain. What? And it became an attraction. So people would come and visit the grave. He was now known as the chain strangler.
1: Are there pictures of this? or was this during a time where there were not making changes? This was in
0: 1938. With all the attention it was getting, obviously, because this is how people are, it was subject to vandalism, the grave was. So a teenage boy tossed a rock at the grave and it damaged it. The piece fell off. It got chipped. Ooh, he about to die. So they rode their bikes home. Do you know where this is going? I feel like he's going to get hit by a car. No. Is it's, he going to
1: run into, like, a chain or something, and it's going to, like, decapitate him or, like, some sort well, of, like Final Destination shit?
0: He was in an accident, and it was just out of the blue nowhere. He was strangled by his bike chain. Ah. Yeah. What the fuck? And so the community is like, okay, we're putting two and two together. He threw a rock at the chain strangler's grave, and then he got strangled by a chain. Obviously, this goes is killing people. <laughs> the mom. Ooh. Of this boy was so angry and so devastated that she took an axe and went to the grave to destroy it. She about to die too. Yeah, she was strangled by her clotheslines. What the? Fuck? She got tangled up and she suffocated. Then, and this this article, I'll go, I'll look for different sources and then come back and clarify. But it doesn't actually say whether or not she destroyed the grave with the axe because then it goes on to talk about more people who interacted with the grave. So I'm obviously assuming she didn't really, she wasn't super successful. Maybe she just like clunked it a few times, but I think it was still standing at this point. So this has become incredibly famous now with the community. However, not everybody takes it seriously. And that kind of sounds like me (laughs) in this situation. You're going to get strangled. Yeah. So two police officers took pictures of themselves in front of the tombstone. I think they were just there for the novelty of it. It was just kind of like a fun thing for these guys to do. As they were leaving, they noticed a light following behind their police car. So Shoot. they started to speed away from the light because it was getting closer and closer and they ended up going pretty fast and they crashed into a fence and one of the officers was decapitated with a chain. The other officer was just thrown from the car.
1: What? This is some X-Files shit.
0: Yeah. (laughs) At this point, people were not going to mess with Carl Pruitt. They knew that his ghost was still thirsty for blood and they were terrified to visit or God forbid harm his grave. However, there was one last man who wasn't convinced. He made it his goal to destroy the headstone with a hammer. Just because I don't really know what he could have possibly been thinking other than this legend is silly, it's scaring people, it's attracting too much attention, I'm just gonna get rid of the attraction. I think you
1: you just be better safe than sorry in there. Like, I don't think you should just mess with yeah. it. Just leave it alone. Or maybe
0: he was trying to be, like, defiant and cool. Or maybe he was testing it for himself. Well,
1: I have an inkling that he's about to die, so...
0: Yes. He was found dead outside of the graveyard after his attempt to destroy the headstone. And the chain that was used to lock the gates was wrapped around his neck. Uh, (laughs) Ah, just leave shit alone, guys. The story has a concise, pretty ending. A mining company bought the land. It exhumed the bodies and relocated them to cemeteries around the country. Carl Pruitt's gravestone was obviously removed and it was uh, disposed of somewhere that nobody knew all of the activity stopped wait so
1: carl didn't like take it out on the miners or anything nope or the exhumers
0: nope i really think that it was just attached to the location and once the grave was gone and maybe his body was relocated he was able to get away from the community and finally rest in peace despite his crimes the thing about this this story is that it's obviously this is uh first of all it takes place in i think kentucky yeah eastern kentucky and like a lot of the ghost stories that we have here in South Carolina, it's really famous among the community. However, when I Google it, there isn't a ton of verification about these deaths, and there aren't really a ton of good stories reporting on the ghost and, you know, just all these weird happenings. So while it is really fun to speculate, it is very likely just a tale that somebody, some kids made up to scare each other. Sounds like
1: something I made up when yeah. I was a kid. <laughs> I'm going to share a little, little anecdote <laughs> Okay, great. So when I was in elementary school, like early in elementary school, like third grade, there was, um, you know, you go to recess and there'd be like a little track and all that. Well, there were houses near this track and one of these houses had like a wooden hand sticking up from the yard mm-hmm. and it was like, why? <laughs> so I started a rumor that's still there today, apparently. <gasps> And um <laughs> I said that twins went into the house <laughs> and mocked the old man. This is a third grade making the story. And uh, I think one of them got away and the other twin was buried there and his hand was cut off and <laughs> He had a wooden hand and he was buried under the land. It was it was a very badly put-together <laughs> story. I'm very proud that my room is we still there today. So, shout-out to Pineville Elementary. I don't know if the
0: man with the wooden hand still lives there, but it's a cool Halloween decoration. That's legendary. I know. I have kind of a similar story. Ooh. My grandparents used to own this lake house. But as they got older, they decided that they needed to sell it as well as their the home they were living in and just kind of live a little bit more simply so they would have less to worry about in their old age. Well, that lake house was a source of many childhood memories and my sisters and I, were really we didn't really get it. We were just sad to see the house go, you know? Mm-hmm. That was where our whole family would come together, you know, extended family, great-grandparents and aunts and uncles, and it was really a beautiful, special place. So we wrote a story about these two sisters sisters these two french sisters who had been enslaved in a cabin similar to the lake house and they were trapped there for years until they became emaciated and they're living amongst their own like urine and feces and it was just like this really weird ghost story and eventually their the cabin was taken down and the wood was repurposed and some of it was relocated to the lake house where my grandparents that my grandparents owned and so the story was that these Two spirits. Their names were like Yvette and something else. They were trapped, following the wood. And so we like printed out this. We we used Google. We just wrote this whole story and then we translated it through Google into French. (laughs) And we printed it out and we put coffee grinds and we kind of burnt the edges. And we were gonna hide it in the house, but we never got a chance to. But that was our preferred course of action.
1: Damn, we all got like the production value. I was just BSing on my. third grade playground
0: yeah but we didn't actually do it you left a legacy (laughs) terrible all right before we move on to our nature segment we do want to revisit our very first paranormal story that we've done on this show the elevator to another realm because i discovered a fun little anecdote about it online that i'd like to share with you and i say fun but it's actually really disturbing and the original story paranormal or not is very sad, and we should all be respectful of the victim. Y'all may
1: know this from, like, certain videos online, like, creepiest videos or something. Like, this was a true
0: story. This young woman named Elisa Lamb was staying at the Cecil Hotel which is famous for its, you know, people say that it's haunted and bad things happen there. And it's certainly true that it does have a pattern of tragedies Mm -hmm. taking place within the building. So one day this woman disappears and nobody can find her. They know she's staying in the hotel, but they can't track her down. They got these dogs to go through the building to look for her. And even they even went up onto the roof trying to find her scent. And then a week after she had last been seen.
1: I know other guests were complaining about
0: something is wrong with the water, and there was weird scents or tastes. Yeah, seemingly unrelated. They go to check the water tank to make sure everything's all right because the guests are complaining that it tastes and smells bad and sometimes it's discolored. Her body is in the water tank, and this is a true story, and it's very, very famous. So people don't know how she got there. Because I think she's naked and all that,
1: and in order to get in the water tank, you need to open it, but... They have no clue how she closed
0: it on herself she was according to wikipedia moderately decomposed and bloated there was no evidence of physical trauma or sexual assault or even suicide no recreational drugs in her system very small small alcohol content in her blood which is typical if you're an adult person staying in a hotel so nobody knows how she got into the tank and nobody knows how she died did she have an episode was she murdered nobody's really sure however there is a video of her getting onto an elevator. And it is so scary if you watch it. She she runs into the elevator and then she pops back out and looks yeah, she's around. she's looking
1: around and all that. She's
0: afraid. It looks like somebody is pursuing her. And then she goes to close the doors, but then she like peeks back out again and she just kind of lingers in there for a while before she actually closes the doors and goes up. Like she's afraid and she's hiding and she's running. Mm. And so what some people are saying, and this is just like an anecdote that ties into something we've discussed before. I definitely don't believe this. I think the story is horrifying enough on its own but there is a theory that Elisa Lam was a victim of the elevator game where she traveled to a different realm using the procedures of going to one floor to another and it's it's a ritual if you want to go back to our first episode and listen to it we talk mm. about how you can execute this game but there are rules and some people say that she didn't follow protocol and she got trapped in this realm and she was murdered by I don't know the world itself I don't yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah the it's a very unspecific game <laughs> it's an evil It's it's basically about traveling to an evil realm via elevator and because of that bizarre elevator video where she looks so afraid people say that well here's a mysterious death she was in an elevator it could have been the elevator game so i just thought that that was worth noting since we did talk about that game but the case of elisa lamb is so interesting and so tragic by itself it really doesn't need any embellishment that is my side note for the day yay and now we're gonna move on to nature So I got something
1: it's more of a place today. So what what do you do if it's like it's Texas, it's the middle of the summer, you're outside. What do, what do you want to do?
0: My inclination is to shoot things. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, <let's>
1: eat some <laughs> If if you're very hot, what do you want to do outside? What is an outdoor activity
0: that cools you down? Run in the sprinkler. Play in the pool. Take your shirt off. A natural, a natural way to cool down. Drink water. Float down a river. Close enough. Okay. (laughs)
1: So (laughs) there's this spring in Hayes County, Texas. And, you know, it's alluring, like, daredevils and divers, and scuba people. And, you know, kids just want to jump in it because, you know, it's hot. This place is called Jacob's Well. Now, Jacob's Well looks like a nice little spring on top but then it continues down and down and down and branches off in other places so it's not a nice little pool it's pretty much endless a bottomless pit. I've heard of this I want to go there and swim in it (laughs) so I'm going to mention one specific one. One specific dude. Diego Adam he was 21 and in July 2015 he decides to go scuba diving down Jacob's Well. Now he's recording the whole thing on his camera and this video is on YouTube. There'll be a link to it after this video and he loses his flipper in Jacob's well so he has a very little capability of swimming at this point and so Diego barely makes it out alive oh my god and he's now an advocate for not swimming in there it's very dangerous for even like experienced scuba divers because if something goes wrong You're most likely gonna die because it's so big and vast so a total of eight people have died there two men got caught in various caves in jacob's well one person's remains was discovered while flushing out the well in 1981 and then five other people's remains were discovered in 2000 while flushing out the well so these are like six unidentified people that just happened to be in the well louis bond who's a jacob's well expert says there's it's hard to tell direction down there because of all the silt and stuff and you can't see your gauges too well and also if you want to explore the caves the pathways into there are so narrow that you have to get rid of your oxygen tank so if you want to explore jacob's well you can't
0: have oxygen and then how do you even know you'll make it back up in time to not suffocate you you don't (laughs) you don't i'm (laughs) just looking at pictures of it right now yeah i have some i actually have a map that
1: they've made of all the known locations of jacob's well oh wow it's very so it's expansive. It's very vast. There's over 6,000 feet of passages.
0: That's crazy.
1: And that's all that's been explored. Nature is There's more spooky. But Swimming is heavily regulated there. There's certain curfews and you have to sign up to swim there. So it's not just open to people now. But it looks very pretty. There's like a little waterfall near it and all that. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, it just drops that. down
0: into nothing. Yeah, and the hole itself is like it looks really pretty. It's like yeah. like all this lush green mm-hmm. like area around it, and then it's just like this yeah. blue, like it's bright blue. Yeah. This deep drop, I guess it's just the way but the light you interacts or something you can't at that see, depth.
1: You can't can't see shit cuz there's yeah. so much silt and all that. Oh my god. So that's what makes it so dangerous cuz you can't see, you can't tell direction, you might not be able to fit through with certain gear. So it's a very dangerous place to swim. Eight people have died. I suggest swimming in other places
0: in Texas. The things nature can do.
1: Yeah. Make a hole. Yeah. Apparently, it's like 60 some degrees, and Texas regularly gets up into the hundreds, so.
0: It's refreshing. I've heard of this before, and I've mm-hmm. literally independently in the past gone, hey, I would love to swim there. Well, if you have money to take us to Hayes County, Texas, <laughs> I can get us there. I just can't get us back. What? <laughs> I can only afford to go one way. <laughs> we just gotta live in Hayes County, Texas now. Yeah. Goodbye, guys. Mm-hmm. So as promised, we are going to play the infamous Axeman's Jazz song but it is it is just piano so we're gonna play that and then what we're gonna do is we're gonna have a second song for you and this is called the axe Men's jazz but it's kind of someone's modern interpretation of it and that's by ready willing and able got lyrics and everything and it sounds pretty tight so yeah it's it's really interesting so we're gonna play the original for you and then we're gonna play this kind of modern jazzy bluesy i would mm-hmm. say it's more bluesy than jazzy that that interpretation so we've got two songs for you just so you can get a little taste of both worlds casey you're the one that recommended this song and this story so do you want to talk a little bit about it and like your feelings about the music
1: well i'm kind of sad we couldn't find like a full swing jazz version of it because i don't think no one's ever recorded it there's only piano versions so that's kind of disappointing but i'm glad there's like modern versions of it because it really brings personality and legacy to the story so I think it's pretty cool.
0: So get ready for the Axeman's Jazz. The mysterious Axeman's Jazz. Oh, yeah, the mysterious. Can't Ax- leave out mysterious. <laughs> yeah.
2: Hello there, missus. I'm here on a mission, but I believe boo How oh, I got in, now to worry about that. I got a friend downstairs. Let's keep it at that. short story is, I'm here to collect that. Yes, this here is your axe. Mister, as you may have guessed, I'm an angel of sorts, Taking my orders from the angel of death Only escape is jazzing on a Tuesday Else you come on down and keep me company Police won't see more than blood and brains I do all my work with an axe Mister, how many heads can an Axeman chop? If an axe man could chop heads Dance to the tune of the Axeman jazz Dance to the axe man jazz many heads can an axeman chop if an axeman good job else dance to the tune of the axeman jazz and all you end up dead hello there mister hello there missus well now is that old Sashmo I hear The phonograph jumps to the rhythm of a blade Old Pop's got it going with his cornet But let's face it, it's not a full jazz band So I guess we're gonna have to get the axe, mister How many heads can an axeman chop If an axe man good job is Dance to the tune of the axe man jazz Dance to the axe man jazz How many heads can an axeman chop If an axe man good job is Dance to the tune of the X-Men yeah, dance all you end up dead Second, and I'm not mad, I'm just glad we had this chance to dance to the Axe Man. How many heads can an x Man chop if an x Man could chop his? Dance to the tune of the Axeman Man Jazz, dance to the x Man Jazz. How many heads can an x Man chop if an x Man could chop his? Dance to the tune of the Axeman Man Jazz, dance, or you end up dead. How many heads?